I'm ready. Are you ready, Richard? All right, excellent. Good evening. Welcome to Spirit Rock. I'm Mark. I'm one of the event coordinators that will be here tonight. So if you have any questions uh, or need help with anything, feel free to grab me or any of the other volunteers. We're all either wearing name badges or name tags. So I'm just going to make a couple of quick announcements before we start. So we're live streaming tonight, uh, and if we do do a Q&A, realize that if you do ask a question, you'll be, you'll be uh, broadcast, your image will be broadcast. So if you do not like to be live streamed, then don't ask a question tonight. Uh, uh, and then uh, next Monday, Jack Cornfield will be here, 7.15 start, next Monday night with Jack. Our new program guide is here. It lists all of our programs, both residential, non-residential, and family programs from January through April. It's available out by the television monitor in the foyer, as well as uh, to the right of the entrance door when you come in from outside. You'll see some if you want to pick one up. Um, we have listening, listening assisted devices at the sound booth in the back on the ledge. So if you're having any sort of problem hearing tonight, you can try one of those. They're working really well. Uh, and the staff back there can help you with those. We will, once we finish the silent meditation, we'll take a 15-minute break. Uh, we'll ring the bell in the lobby just a few minutes before it's time to come back in. We'll have cookies for sale. All the cookie proceeds benefit our family program. There's also tea in the lobby that you can have uh, for a $1 donation, we ask. Uh, and I think that might be most of my res uh, announcements. Um, so Richard has, Richard Shankman, our teacher, has been a meditator since 1970. He's the guiding teacher of the Metadharma Foundation in Berkeley. And he also, just I want to let you know, he's doing a, a day long this coming Saturday, uh, Calming the Mind, Opening to Insight, Bringing Concentration and Insight Together as One Practice, uh, this Saturday, 9.30 to 4.30 here in this building. And we always love having Richard here with us. Uh, and I'll let Richard take it from here. Thank you, Richard. Hi. Hi. So good evening, everyone. Uh, the volume okay? Yeah. So we're going to have a um, silent sit, mostly sit silent for 40 minutes. But let me just check in. Is there anyone here who's brand new to meditation, if you're willing willing to say so, who has never had any meditation instructions before. Okay, several people. So, good. So, what I'm going to do then is, um, it will be most of the time in silence, but just at the very beginning, a few minutes, I'm just going to give a little basic intro meditation instructions for those of you who are brand new. And for everyone else who wants silence, don't worry, uh, it'll be silent. Yeah? Okay. So I like to begin, just, just as we uh, traditionally ring a bell to end, I like to bookmark the sit just with uh, three rings of the bell to begin. most important and foundational meditation instructions I know of is um, ease and relaxation. And so to begin, um, I'm not going to, we don't have time to really get into posture, but I hope you can find a posture that supports your body 
as long as your back is healthy, if you, of course, if you need to lie down and take care of yourself, that's fine. But if your back is, if you're healthy, to, you want to have a relaxed uprightness. And so it can be helpful to check in with your body. And if you notice any places of tension or tightness, just to take a few moments and you may want to move your shoulders or adjust, you know, your neck or just shift your body a little. If, if it helps you let go of any tension, just do the best you can. And also perhaps checking in with what's going on with the states of your mind and your heart. And if you notice any areas there that are not at ease or not relaxed, just see if you can soften around it a little bit, let go around it a little. Just do the best you can. Once you feel that you've settled into your uh, sitting posture, there are many, many ways that meditation is taught and practiced. I'll just give you some um, basic instructions in one of the most common ways it's taught, which is called mindfulness of breathing. And um, simply find some place in your body where you can place your awareness and feel your breathing the physical experience of your breathing. And you just rest there with your attention. It's not complicated. It's uh, conceptually very, very simple. And for those of you who are new, I'll just name a few of the common places where people connect with their breathing. Uh, uh, For many people, it's the area of the nose. And you're feeling the air in and out with each breath. It could be near the tip of the nose or deeper into the nasal passages, wherever you feel it most clearly and naturally. For some people, it's down in the abdomen, the belly. And in that case, you're not feeling air, but it's the physical movement of the belly as it rises and and contracts, like a balloon inflating and deflating with each breath. And you just rest your attention there with that physical movement. For some people, it's the area of the chest. And just one other way I'll name uh, is what's called whole body breathing. And it doesn't literally mean the whole body. It's not including the arms and legs. But you widen the lens of your awareness to take in a broader area in your whole torso. You're not as narrowly focused. So just find whatever works for you. And if you're not clear, you may have to experiment a little, and that's okay. And at some point, you just pick one if you don't know, or one will be obvious, and just rest your attention there. And keeping that sense of ease and relaxation, you want to put in enough uh, intention, sometimes we call it effort, but enough intentionality to, to, to stay connected. But uh, make it a light touch. You don't have to do a lot to experience your breathing. for tonight, I'll just offer a couple more quick tips before we go into silence. 
Of course, there are many other experiences going on all the time, other body sensations, sounds, thoughts, emotions. And part of meditation is learning how to incorporate everything into the practice. But for now, um, see if you can allow all of that to be in the background of your awareness and allow your breathing to be in the foreground. So you're simply giving it a certain amount of preference or predominance towards that particular experience of your breathing. Not forcing anything else to be in the background, but just sort of allowing it. instruction, you'll, you'll quickly find that your mind will have times when it wanders away and you've completely forgotten about being with your breathing. You're just lost in your thoughts or some fantasizing, daydreaming, whatever, worrying, planning. And that's going to happen many, many times. And um, so you don't make a problem about it. Once you wake up and realize you've been gone and forgotten the breath, you just come back and start again. So even if you're lost in thought 99% of the time, just coming back to the breath when you can remember, even if it's only for a few breaths before you're gone again, that's fully enough and it's fully doing the practice.
So in just a moment, we'll, we'll take a 15-minute break. But just to say something about this ease and relaxation, it's an interesting place to pay attention to. And um, if you find that it's uh, uh, difficult to bring ease and relaxation in, right, uh, that's, a, that's giving you information. It's actually a learning point and it's an interesting pace, place to p- pay attention to and get to know well, what's going on, why not, and there could be a lot of learning there. So you want to bring ease and relaxation to the process of bringing ease and relaxation, right? Some people, right? So anyway, so uh, we'll ring a bell and to come back and break for 15 minutes.
I can ring it. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Uh, tonight, I want to talk about one of the elements of the Eightfold Path, uh, what's called right action or wise and skillful action, what it is, and what are, maybe talk about some things that can be supportive for us in, you know, various circumstances. And... Uh, um, uh, uh, my intention is to speak for part of the time and then have a pretty good piece of the time to open it up for, uh, you know, it could be questions, but any shares, comments, or anything. Uh, so there'll be uh, leave some time for that. I was just reflecting that the last time I was here on a Monday night was just a few weeks before the election. And uh, uh, I was looking forward to getting it over with and moving on and um, a lot has changed. And tonight, uh, you know, it's been about a month and my intention is not to do a whole heavy piece around the, the election. Uh, and um, I, I have a feeling there's been a lot of that going on and, you know, everybody might be in different places. Um, so um, at, I'm going to do just a little piece in the beginning, but it won't be much on that. So, um, uh, but I do want to just say there's going to be a little piece in the beginning uh, around it. So... And because I'm going to bring a little piece around the election in, uh, I want to begin by saying that um, because we, you know, I don't assume that we all share the same politics. Again, it's just going to be a small part of the talk, but I don't assume that we all share the same politics. And that's okay. I mean, uh, you know, I think that assumption can happen sometimes in Dharma scenes that everybody's, I tend to use the word liberal and progressive interchangeably. And that's my politics. Uh, uh, I consider myself a liberal or progressive, but it's not true for everyone. And, um, you know, this is a safe, welcoming place for everyone. It's perfectly fine if you have even the opposite politics of mine. So when I do use, the reason I bring this up is when I do use the example of the politics, um, it's not about the politics. I'm just using it as maybe if I went through a challenging time or whatever, and how I worked with it just to share if that might be, you know, and other people later might share what they did. And so if you had a completely different experience, you know, just as you'll see in a few moments, it, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty rough on me uh, uh, after the election. I was not doing well for a while. And, um, and I know some, a few people here who've shared with me that they weren't either. But you may have been thrilled and happy, and so that's fine. You just find something else that was challenging for you and fill in, and then the talk will work, okay? So I just want to make sure, you know, it's not about the politics. But I, having said that, I want to be able to share my experience, and so my own perspective on the politics will, of course, come in. So hopefully that makes it safe and inclusive enough for everyone, and I hope that's enough to say about that. Um, one of the... 
I think most foundational supports in right action or just in how in any anything we do is um, bringing in getting in touch with and being clear about our intention so I want to just stay on intention for just a few minutes um, I use the term intention and sometimes I'll interchange it with with the term aspiration. Intention and aspiration are not exactly the same thing, but they have a different connotation, but I like them because, um, uh, for example, um, I've shared here, I think the last time I was here, one of my uh, aspirations or deepest intentions uh, is to live in a way that my heart never closes off to anyone, ever, or any, in any situation. That's a real, sincere intention or aspiration that I have, right? So, you know, intention, but sometimes it, 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 it you know, it, it can feel more like, okay, it's my aspiration more, and, uh, right? So uh, that's why I use those terms interchangeably. So, you know, if we're not... So what I want to invite you to do, many of you have done this many times, but for some of you, maybe not, is maybe we can take a few moments... For each of us to reflect, the invitation is to reflect on when you think for yourself, what is of the deepest, the most, the highest, deepest importance for you in how you live, the kind of person you want to be, how you want to show up in the world, the mark you want to make, the impact you make on others and on yourself, right? what are the qualities that, that really are, again, of the deepest and highest importance? Most people here, most of you I don't know at all. There's a few people here, uh, a couple I've actually known for a long time, but, and a few I know a little, but uh, most of you I don't know at all. I'm guessing, but I don't really know, that if you, because, by virtue of the fact that you come to a place like this, a Buddhist Dharma center, for an evening of meditation and, and discussion around the Dharma, that uh, you're, those are, that's something that's, well, you know, I actually don't know. Maybe your friend <laughs> dragged you here and you didn't know what you're getting yourself in for, right? But uh, probably for most of us, you're, 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 you have some sense, maybe a lot of clarity, but some sense about what Dharma is pointing towards. What are the teachings? What are the qualities we're trying to cultivate within ourselves, Right. And so you have to come up with your own intentions and your own words. But I'll, you know, I bet if I were to go around, we won't do this, and ask people, I bet most people, I hope everyone would want, would say things like you want to live in a way in which we're more loving, kind, empathetic, compassionate, less reactive, and more wisely responsive in any situation, right? These are the kind of qualities that we often talk about. We're talking about being more um, mindful and present and awake and clear, right? So all of these qualities. So you have to, you have to look and see for yourself. But um, if... And, and sometimes we have a vague sense, but we may not have it really explicit and clear. That's all right. But it can really be valuable. So if you haven't done the experiment, um, I'll invite you to, as much as you want in your life, whether it's this evening or any time, to really set some formal time aside 
and just reflect on, like, what is my life about? I mean, really, in the deepest sense, what I really want my life to be about. And then when you get in touch with that, whether you do it on your own, you may need to process with other people or, you know, get some inspiration, you know, whatever your process is. Then the question really is, what will support us to actualize that more in our lives, to live out of that place, right? Because, again, I use the example of wanting to live in a way, this is one of mine, and uh, in, that my heart never closes off. Um, and I have many opportunities to see where more work needs to be done. I try to hold it with that attitude. It's not as important to me how closed off or open my heart is. What's important to me is to meet each moment of the experience as it's happening and see what's actually happening now. What do I think? Not what I think should be happening or is supposed to be happening and get into this judging and critical mind, but just go, this is just what's happening. And in... Uh, times of ease and when, when life's going my way and I'm getting what, my, what I want or I'm around people that, for whom it's easy to love, great. And when it's challenging, uh, I like to think of those times as my learning edge. Right? It's giving me information because if I really want to live in a way in which my heart never closes off or fill in whatever your aspiration or intention is, then I would rather see the places that are susceptible to ill will or hatred or negativity than not see them if if those tendencies are still there. In that sense, here comes a little bit of the political part I told you at the beginning. Donald Trump did me a tremendous favor. I didn't really need that particular favor. There's so many opportunities in life, and I could have done without that one. But that's what I got. And actually, I'll say, before the, uh, before the election even, months ago, you know, um, um, you know, he's a difficult person for me. I don't like him. I don't know if Dharma teachers are allowed to say that. What am I going to do? Guess whose picture became the screensaver on my computer? This isn't fooling around. Is it, where Am I serious about this or not? Now, this is advanced practice. <laughs> not just any picture. He's got one particular thing he does that is just... You notice when he talks, he's not just talking. His thumb is always touching either his, his index or his middle finger, and he's cocked his wrist back in... in and his, you know, so I've got him in his most arrogant. <laughs> and then it's like, so, you know, he doesn't have to stay up there forever, but let, let's just see what happens here, you know. If it's too much, if, you, if any situation is too much, we have to respect that and back off. We have to ask ourselves, can I be with this? And either answer, yes or no, is Okay. Because if the answer is yes, then it's like, even if, okay, let me work with this. 
And not only that, I, could, I, can, I can even up the ante. I can just imagine him, you know, uh, you know, yammering on about some nonsense that he got off, you know, the fake internet or something as a fact or whatever it is that's particularly annoying and he's kind of that. And, and uh, you know, they're easy to download and just, you know, my son told me how to do it and get an image and up on the thing. And uh, so... You don't have to throw yourself in the middle, but it's an example of just saying, well, wait a minute, what's my intention? Now, that's just one way I happen to work with. You don't have to go do that. All we have to do is stay open and receptive. Isn't it true life's constantly giving us many, many learning moments, if we want to hold them that way? You don't have to go looking for it. They will find you. Hopefully, beauty and joy and happiness will find you too. You know, most of us are a mix, right? Now, I want to be respectful because, you know, say if, if you're dealing with, I don't know, chronic pain or, you know, really like clinical depression or something, you know, you may not, you may be leaning, the preponderance of your experience may really be on the suffering side, and I want to be very uh, respectful about that. So we each have our own mix. But I hope we all, at least, if I use the word happiness or joy, it wouldn't be completely foreign. You've had some moments of it. So life is some mix for all of us. Might be weighted one way or, or another, right? And so, and life's giving us what it's going to give us. You know? You know, that Nate Silver uh, and his 538 website... Um, you know, um, I'm mad at him. <laughs> Lulled me into, oh, it's going to be over, and the election's going to be over, and I'm like, thank God, because, you know, it was unthinkable that this man would become president. And then I woke up the next morning, and, and I was reminded, I woke up to uh, shock and awe do you remember one of the Gulf Wars? I can't remember. There's been all these wars. And one of them, they named the, the military action that we were perpetrating on the, whomever we were fighting. It, it was Operation, wasn't there one called Operation Shock and Awe? I have a deep appreciation for that. That's the phrase that came in my mind. So I've been a, um, a Dharma practitioner and a serious meditator um, 46 years it's a long time. Uh, I've met, been met, Dharma practice entail, and, uh, um, comprises more than just meditation, formal meditation practices. It's all these reflections and self-awareness and just intentions of how we want to live. But the meditation is a, is a big part for many of us. And, uh, and I've practiced intensively uh, for 46 years. I still have a, a, a good, strong daily practice. And you know, I don't know what would happen if, if I stopped meditating. I haven't done the experiment. But, uh, and, you know, I'm not making any grand claims. I consider myself to be of uh, average natural abilities. But, you know, I've just put a lot into it over the years. And uh, I found that the Dharma, as many of you have, and this isn't any great claim, has been utterly transformative in my life. I've been very pleased with the results. So you would think that, you know, I'm in this equanimity, hearts open in love. I notice the arising and passing away of visual images. 
unshaken, right? That's what's supposed to happen, right? I didn't literally spend two days curled in a ball on the floor, unable to get up. That's how it felt. It was a punch in the gut. So again, I'm only going to spend a little time on this, but because what do you do when you get a punch in the gut? It doesn't have to be physical, or, or but you know that's the feeling. I happened to be in a situation where I didn't have uh, I didn't have to go out. I have a family, and you know, and they had to put up with me. They they were going through their own process, but uh, uh, I want to just stay on this a little bit because uh, my experience was, um, you know, Mister Forty Six Years <laughs> Meditation, the Dharma teacher here uh, was. Um, um, I didn't leave my house for several days. Could not turn on... I know many of you have had similar... probably already talked about this in many of your talks here over the weeks, but, you know, I know some of you share this. Uh, Couldn't turn on any news. I just could not bear to hear them processing it and going through it. It It's just like news blackout, which actually did me a favor because I was a bit of a a news junkie. I would kind of turn on National Public Radio and listen to KPFA or this and that. And now, um, even now that I can go back to the news, I'm kind of of liberated. So uh, that was actually a nice part of it. Uh, After about three days, oh, not only that, it was worse. I was walking around in my house. (laughs) Nobody's there at home. And for two days, I'm just saying out loud, I, I-, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> After about three days, I realized I hadn't changed my clothes or bathed in three days or shaved. Now, I also want to be very respectful. Um, there are maybe people either by choice who, you know, I'm not judging how often people bathe or change their clothes or shave. And some people don't have the option. It's, it's actually, I don't want to get off on this too much. I'm very aware that it's a position of privilege to be in a position in life where I have clean clothes and I can change them every day. So I want to just really say I, I actually really reflect on those kind of things a lot. But my point is, my routine is more mostly, you know, 99%, I, I take a shower every day and I put on clean clothes and I shave and I eat. And after about three days, it's like, um, oh, I'm, in a dep- I, I'm having a real depression here. Kind of named it. It's like, and then I was, st- I was, once I got to a point where I was able to function, it's like, then I could start making some choices and I'm going to spend more time on that, even if it's hard. But what happens during those times, whatever the, it is in life, if it's really, I mean, your, your face is pushed <laughs> into the ground, Right, and it's stomping all over you, and that's how it is for you. Fortunately for me, even then, in the midst of it, I had enough awareness, and it's really just been a gift of all the Dharma practice. I don't know how it would have been if I hadn't had the Dharma practice uh, and Dharma to support me. Uh, Even in the first day, the question came into my mind on its own, and I'm very thankful that it, that it did. Can I be with this? There were a few touchy moments there. I wasn't sure of the answer. But really the answer was, yeah, I can be with this. It wasn't easy. It's like, you know, my mind just couldn't go there. 
equanimity can take a number of forms. There's an equanimity in which we are. The storm clouds of the heart and the mind don't arise. That's an equanimity. There's another kind of equanimity that's just as authentic in which whatever's happening in our experience is there. Anything, including negativity and ill will, and, you know, I've had times during those first days, and I'm watching my mind, and it's like going into some, you know, fantasizing some violent things. It was really kind of spinning out, and I'm going, okay, this is not a good place. I need to, you know, start to aim because I know what my aspiration is. I want to remember that when I need it. But in the beginning, the only question was, can I be with this? And what I found, and what I've often found in difficult times is, if the answer is yes, well, first let me back up. If the answer truly is no for us, in whatever the situation is, we need a lot of compassion for ourselves in those times, and a lot of, we need to really uh, be respectful of those when that's what's happening for us. Because if, if you're in a situation that's really too much, and you're not able to get away from it, that's a lot of suffering. It's a lot of suffering. And if that's really what's happening, then your task may just be to bear your suffering the, somehow the best you can. So I had people calling me up. You email me, you know, I'm, I'm a Dharma teacher. During those first few days, I need help to work through this. What am I going to tell them? After about three days, I'm going to come to that point when I was able to function and start to bring in some intention and let that start to inform in the beginning, you know, because I, I, I didn't want to be fake about it. In, well, in any situation, we're trying to balance two things. We want to be authentic and real with whatever it is that's just happening. We don't have to put the overlay of our opinions about it. Just what's real and let ourselves have our opinion. Our, experience without pretending or shoving it down, right? Being authentic in that way. But at the same time, knowing where we want to aim ourselves, that's the aspiration and intention. We get out of balance because if we, if we get too much into allowing ourselves to have the, ex- the experience and we don't have a perspective, we're, we're liable to fall into wallowing in it, right? So it might support us to bring in a larger perspective and Right? But if we try to move prematurely to, oh, yes, I'm loving all beings, and, you know, it, 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 we can get into, you know, this is term spiritual bypass. I've coined a, new, coined a new one. It's political bypass. It's still not okay with me about the election. It's messed up. That's what I think. <laughs> and, yeah, it is okay with me. We've got to remember, things happen to, by, due to causes and conditions. They don't come up for, for no reason. What are the causes and conditions? Uh, this is later, once you're able to function again, and you get some perspective. In the beginning, it's just like you have to respect and get through the best you can. That's phase one, not being fake. Then, took me a few days, now I'm, I went outside. In addition to the question, can I be with this, which I've... Con- it's a good question to carry around in life just even when things are going okay. The next question is, can I open my heart in love? 
It took me about three days. I was, I was ready. If the answer is no, we may have to wait and give it time until we're ready and be respectful of that and just say, you know, I, I, I'm not ready to do that yet. But to hold that with empathy, empathy for yourself. I mean, it's kind of weird to say empathy for yourself, but I, I'm big on the term empathy, um, compassion for yourself, under, self-understanding. Just to not judging it. It's just like, you know, no, I, I'm just not ready to go there yet. Okay. Hopefully we can still have some awareness if we're actually spinning out in hatred and Ill, Ill will or whatever. And we can know, wow, this doesn't feel good. And we can wish we didn't have so much ill will in our hearts or whatever it is. But we have to let ourselves be where we're at. But at some point, you know, all the practices we've been doing, you know, I know Jack Cornfield's been talking about this. He did some beautiful writing about it. You know, it, it you know, can come to play. And this is where it can be so helpful going back to having spent time uh, reflecting on our aspirations and intentions. It can really be a touchstone for us that's when we really need the support, right? That's when we need to remember, uh, because, right, if we forget and we just, whatever happens and we're, react, we're active, reactive, it's easy just to f- kind of unconsciously, right, fall into that. As much as we can, and the more we practice it, the more we'll naturally remember as much as we can if we can remember, oh, yeah, this is my intention. And then it gets really interesting, the places where you still don't want to do it. It's like, I'll give you another example. I happened to be in Manhattan visiting some relatives about two or three weeks before the election, just by coincidence. And um, I happened to be, if if you know Manhattan, I know it a little bit, uh, Trump Tower is on Fifth Avenue, yeah, Fifth Avenue near 58th or 59th or something. So I was a few blocks away, and I said to my wife, I was there with my wife and son, I said, I gotta go. And it's like, oh, come on. No, no, I gotta go. So we went. It was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. It was just a circus. Big police presence. And, um, um, you know, there were, some people, and, and there were tourists like me out there milling around. I had my cell phone. I posted a video of it on uh, on Facebook and all that. But uh, there were the pro-Trump people with their signs. And some of them were standing there, and some of them were really loud and in your face. And there were the anti, the, I don't know if they were the pro-Clinton, but certainly the anti-Trump people. Some were standing there with their signs, and some were pretty loud and in your face. And then there were other people there for other causes. It was quite a mix, and some I didn't know. There was something about the, um, the, 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 in, the pipeline in, in North Dakota, and there was somebody about the uh, free the something or other eight. I don't know what it was. I don't know that case of these. It must have been eight people in there. The, I don't know what they were. So there's, they were there. There was their sign. There was just a big thing. So, um, I, I, you know, my wife and son kind of stayed off to the side there, and I said, I, I want to go out into the crowd. And I didn't actually interact with anyone, but I, z- z- I just wanted to be there and feel it. But, but I had an intention. I remembered my intention. You know, and it, I could have easily have forgotten it and just unconsciously gone out, and that could have happened too. You know, it's not like I never lose connection with my intention. But I was fortunate 
I remembered my intention, and I said, I really want to see, can I go out here and um, have my heart, my, my mind free of clinging and my heart open? And just go out. And the one Trump guy who was the most difficult to love, he was obnoxious, I have to say. I mean, he's just, if, <laughs> you know, it's like, he's not the guy you want to open your heart to. I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. I guess this is being recorded. It's actually being webcast. But, you know, so it's a little too late. He was a jerk. <laughs> okay? Okay. So I went and hung around, stood there, and it's just like, all right, that feeling came up. That was sort of the, so can I just be here? with? Him? I don't have to, whatever, just see. And then I noticed he had a ring on his, that, you know, oh, he looked, I assume he's married. He's wearing, wearing a ring. Wow, I don't know anything about him, so I'm making up a little story. Okay, he's got a family or he's married or something. Part of empathy and keeping your heart open, you don't have to gush in this warmth of love. But what is it like if I just don't close off and I don't lose connection with the humanity? That's the empathy that, that he's got his whole life and his story, and he is the center of his universe just like I'm the center of my universe. And he's got his view. I, do not, I don't know the details, but seeing how he was acting, I can guess. I don't want him to succeed. I don't want Trump to succeed either. Somebody, I was saying that to someone, I want him to fail. And someone said, well, that's like having the, uh, uh, the pilot of your airplane saying you, you want him to crash the plane. But I didn't think that was a good analogy. I thought a better analogy is, no, it's like the pilot of your airplane is a sociopath who is going to crash into a mountain and you want him to fail. Anyway, that was mine. <laughs> so I thought, anyway, so, uh, so you know, um, <laughs> but... All that's true. I think it's important that, you know, I'm holding Trump to his word. The things he says he wants to do. I understand some of you may have different politics. This is why I said that in the beginning. But, um, um, you know, I, I don't feel good about it. And I think we need to all uh, do the, I don't know what the action should be. But, um, um, you know, I want him to fail. I don't want him to be impeached because then you got Mike Pence who actually uh, I think could be worse because he's actually competent on top of so it's but anyway so but uh, all of that can be true and it's an interesting thing that you can still feel the humanity of another person in a way of that we're just both here as fellow human beings we've all got our story and the one thing that struck me that I thought would be so wonderful because there were some people getting in each other's face in front of Trump Towers. There was no communication going on. Just a bunch of yelling. It wasn't going to become violent. There was a lot of police around. But it was intense. And I didn't try to make happen what I'm about to say, but I was thinking, you know, if, if somebody had come up to me, I didn't have a sign, they wouldn't have known my politics, but had been whatever, a Trump supporter, and um, I ha- actually have two brothers who voted for Trump. 
And um, I actually like, I'm fortunate, not everybody feels this way, I like hanging out with them. I actually enjoy being with them. And we hang out with the three brothers, and it's, it's kind of great, as long as you don't talk about politics. But we've experimented with mixed results of being able to just put, a, it's easy to fall into reactivity, so you have to be careful, but just saying, you know, I'm not judging you or you me, but I just, let's just talk, like, well, what is it you think and why? And that's all right. And if that guy in Trump Tower had come up to me, and it's, I would have been fine with that. We have a difference, and maybe I could understand him. And, and maybe I'm being a little idealistic there, but, uh, you know, that would have been fine. And then we still don't lose some kind of connection, and sort of that's sort of my, uh, you know, my kind of wish for the world. But, um, you know, I know the world doesn't always act that, isn't always like that. I don't always act like that. I don't. People who know me mostly would say, and I think it's true, that I'm, I'm kind of like this. I'm, I'm a pretty loving, kind-hearted, empathetic person, a lot of equanimity. I'm a really good guy, except when I'm not. <laughs> except when I'm not. So we all are human beings. And so staying in touch with our intention Again, I just go back to that over and over. And an image someone once told me, I don't know if the old whaling ships really uh, really work this way, but it was a nice image of it's like, you know, you're out in the 1800s on one of these old whaling ships, you know, and uh, it's your shift, your time to be on deck in the middle of the night, but there's a big storm and the waves are crashing on deck, and it's like they lash you to the mast, so the waves don't knock you off. And so staying in touch with our intentions and our aspirations, um, it's like lashing ourselves to that. It's like a touchstone, if you will, for when it's really hard, that's when we really need it. And then, and then we do the best we can, but at least if we're connected back with our aspiration and intention and we have enough awareness to not be lost on automatic pilot but, and caught up, but to have some presence. And with that, all bets are off, right? You, you, you know, you're either lost and caught up in things or you're not. You, you can't control that. I, I think you probably all know that, right? If not, just I'll come back to that in a second. But, uh, you know, when we give meditation instructions, actually tonight in the beginning I offered a little and I said, well, you know, sometimes your mind will wander away. Well, what's the instruction that we give when you're, when you're when you've wandered off and you've forgotten about the breath. Anybody want to say? Yeah. Thank you. It's a trick question. But yes, everybody would say come back. Actually, uh, when, you're, when you're lost in things, there is no instruction. You, you don't even know you're gone. It's only once you wake up and realize, oh, I got lost, that you're back already, and then we say come back. So it's the same thing in life. So through all these practices, what, you know, what we find, I think any of us who do these practices find that that place of wakeful presence where we really have the open heart and that stream of wakefulness and dharma really feels alive, that stream of non-clinging is alive, becomes actualized more and more of the time. It doesn't mean you're never going to lose it, right? Or you don't fall into hatred or ill will. But it gets less of the time and you fall, right? I know many of you know this, and you're you fall less deeply in the trance so you can wake up more. 
Having said that, that's why we practice. And then moment to moment, you get what you get. So you do the best you can. But if you were fortunate enough to be awake enough and we can stay in touch with that intention, it's like being lashed to the mass. That's what can support us into right action. And then, now that we're respectful of, the time, of, of, our, of what our real experience is and, and, and giving ourselves permission to have our experience, let it reveal itself to us. And then, over time, we collect in our toolkit the skills to know how to work with it, whether it's let it be or just gut, our, gut it out to get through it or then start to have enough space, even a little wedge of mindfulness in there, even when it's really hard, is enough. So we can just ask the question. I'm just kind of recapping because I'm going to end in a few minutes and we'll open it up for a discussion. A little wedge of mindfulness opens is enough, to, to, if nothing else, to ask the question, can I be with this? If you can just ask yourself that question and then listen for the answer and really be uh, compassionate and respectful of what your answer is and let it teach you, then... Again, I, I, I can't sit here and tell us all what, what the actions should be. It, it, it depends on the situation in any given moment. And then also the question, I'm, I don't know what order these should go in, but I'm giving it in a particular order, uh, kind of a follow-up question of assuming this is one of your values, you, you'll have to put your own questions in there, actually. I'm just kind of putting out mine. Can I be present with this without clinging? Can I bring a sense of allowing this in presence? without being entangled. Sometimes, um, I'll come back to the second question in a moment. Sometimes I think there's a mistake that, that, that we have to be careful about in our understanding. You'll hear words like in the meditation that we're supposed to be, some, if you stick around the Dharma scene long enough, these are more the traditional, traditional language. Dispassionate is a word you'll hear. You know, it's supposed to be kind of not dispassionate, um, detached. But we have to be careful because that can have a connotation of being disconnected. You know, oh, there's that messy old life over there, and I'm kind of the detached, untouched witness somehow. I don't think that's what... Maybe sometimes we do need to be detached, I mean, really to serve ourselves. But... um, uh, so maybe maybe that could have a place, but I think we're not trying to disconnect. We're actually trying to connect intimately with life. So I like to use the word be alive, be connected with your life, but in a way that's disentangled. So what it's, uh, is it like to have any experience, even when you are, you know, you know, crushed by something and you're just trying to hold on? Okay, that's a tough, it's extreme, yes, so maybe that's a little tough, but you know, when we start to get enough of a little wedge of, of awareness in there, to, can I do it in a way that's not as entangled? What does it mean to be disentangled, but still feel it? Because I want to tell you, when you, um, when you, when the answer is, yes, I can be with this, I noticed when it was difficult, and I said, I can be with this, I can just be present, like, New Age music didn't just start playing and flower petals, you know, and Enya come on and, and flower petals come down and it turned into pleasant because now I can be with it. It was still painful, right? It, it didn't change, but I wasn't adding on a layer, uh, another whole layer of suffering 
in my, I, I have a sense of allowing and letting go into and realizing that things come due to causes and conditions. You know, we live in a, here in California, what are the states that voted for Clinton? Massachusetts, New York, we live in a bubble. And a lot of the country, you know, you go out, I'm making this up, so I want to be careful, I don't know, to say I don't know everyone's lives, and you go out to, you know, somebody who, who was in touch with me in the first days after the election, a longtime Dharma person I know who was mad, and he was saying, yeah, and you know, in that Trump, and you know, you know, he's not going to build a wall. I don't think he is, you know, and, and he can't bring the jobs back. And what are those people going to do? Voted for him. He can't this and he can't that. And they're going to suffer. And it's like they kind of screw them. They deserve it. That was kind of the feeling. And I was like, no. You know, if you, if you, if you don't lose touch of the empathy for another person, that's hard when we're hurting. I know it is when we're hurting. So maybe we have to wait till we're ready. Maybe it takes time. But if we can get there, we say, when we get out of our bubble and you drive to, I'm just making this up, this might not, not even be a good example. You go to Des Moines, Iowa, and there was somebody there who was making, you know, $24 an hour as a shift foreman on the manufacturing plant, and the jobs were lost to offshore, and all he can get now is $7 an hour as a greeter at Walmart. And his kids are falling into substance abuse and who, right? And who was, you know, that's a life. And, you know, you don't write them off as, you know, uh, uneducated redneck or whatever the stereotype that you hear is like, you know, that's a life there. And so things, ha- you know, and who was, you know, and, and felt, uh, you know, completely unseen by the by the, by the uh, educated class or the elites or what you know or whatever I just made that image up, you know, just to get make the point, right? So uh, things happen due to causes and conditions. We have to take the big picture and the small picture. Both matter, and so it can help us to hold both perspectives. That's another tool um, that we can hold in our toolkit. So what the big, I'll do this quick. The big picture, of course, is that whole civilizations come and go. Not just, you know, the pendulums, it's swinging to the right. I mean, let's just deal with that, all right? It's, it's okay. And we have to deal with it the best we can. And again, I think it's messed up. <laughs> and it's what's happening. Life didn't ask me my opinion. I just got what I got, and the whole question is, what am I going to do with I get what I get? That's the Dharma. It's not only cycles in politics in the short term, whole civilizations. There's whole civilizations that we know nothing about. You know, the, what, the ancient Sumerians, were they, what, five, six, seven, eight thousand years ago? We have this poem, wasn't the Epic of Gilgamesh that we have. We don't know that much about them. Whole civilization that for, went on for probably centuries or whatever. And now they're just swept away into the dustbin of history, as I will be soon enough, all of us. Right? It's even more than that. You know, they've just recently... Um, uh, just a few months ago, I heard astrophysicists have changed the estimate for the number of galaxies in the visible universe. By the way, this is just the visible universe. 
since the Big Bang, how long, how, you know, within the range where lights had a chance to get to us in whatever, 14 billion years. They used to think it was a, a few hundred billion galaxies. Now they, they think it's two trillion galaxies. Two trillion is a number that's meaningless to us. Our minds cannot, none of our minds can even wrap around a trillion. Two trillion galaxies, it's a lot of galaxies. One galaxy is big, two or three hundred billion stars. This planet is a microscopic dust speck. And it's all happening lawfully according to karma and causes and conditions. So there's the big perspective and things arise and pass away. So we want to hold that perspective. And right along with that, you know, damn it, this is our dust speck. And we're here, and everything matters to the smallest detail. You know, if I were to look here, I'm not seeing this, but just if I were to see the tiniest little insect that's so small I could barely see it, that piece of life matters. And it matters if I were to snuff it out and not give it a thought or actually have a kind thought to that piece of life. So there's these both perspectives, and somehow they're both true at the same time. There's this, the big perspective, and we want to have that. And sometimes we'll need to lean on in one direction or the other. But we also want to know it's, it's like there's the big perspective, and also it, we don't want to lose that everything matters to the smallest detail. Right? You matter. I matter. We're each the center of our universe. So we've got to have to hold those perspectives. And that can help us sometimes get a balance too. So you could play with that and see, add that in your toolkit when difficulties come. Yeah. So all these different perspectives. That, and then finally the question then is, what is wise and skillful action? It's going back, that was really when I said the theme of the night is. Well, and, and I've had people say to me, um, um, you know, what should I do and ask me what they should do in a, in a particular circumstance? I have to be careful and respectful. I, I can't tell you, you know, it, you have to find, you know, it, it's situationally dependent what to do in any circumstance, right? So I'm going to end with one little story about maybe finding our right action. As we, so again, staying in touch with our aspirations, getting in touch, staying in touch with that, keeping our perspectives, ask, maybe asking the question, can I be with this or not? Can I keep my heart open? Not? All these tools to help us. Knowing when I can't even move now and respect that and when I can move into action. So um, I used to do a lot of teaching in prisons. I don't do any more. I stopped maybe for the last 15 years. I haven't, but for several, a couple of decades I did a lot. And there's some, a couple of state prisons now that still have uh, Dharma programs that I had started uh, a lot of years ago. And I used to go regularly in one particular prison down near Soledad. It's called Salinas Valley State Prison. It's a really tough place, a level four prison. There are a lot of people in there who um, have committed crimes in other prisons. And we have a, had a regular weekly group. One day this guy comes up to me, he's one of the regulars in the group, and he wanted me to ask what to do. He had been in one of the prison gangs, one of the Latino gangs. And now he was a Dharma guy. He didn't want to have that life anymore, but the gang had tapped him to go stab someone in the rival gang in retaliation for a stabbing that they had done to someone in his gang. And he said to me, what, what, if I don't do it, my own, the own gang is going to come and I'm going to get killed or stabbed or whatever. But I don't want to go do it. You know, I'm not going to stab it. What should I do? 
Well, the first thing I said, I had to be, have to be very respectful. First thing I said is, listen, I'm walking out of here in another hour. You're not. I have to be very respectful, you know, to tell you what to do. I don't know what to tell you. And I said, I only have one piece of advice for you. And I don't know if there's a good way out of this or not. It's a tough situation. I said, all I know is to the extent that you're able to not be reactive but have a presence so that a wise response has a chance to come rather than an automatic reaction out of fear or or ill will, you at least have a chance more of of having your best possible answer. And whether you can even get to that, given the circumstance, I don't even know, right? Because, again, I'm leaving here, and so you have to find. But if you can do that to any degree, that can help you. And I wanted to say, I think, because he actually came up with a pretty clever solution. But I think that was really the lesson for me, and I love this story because that's another thing for us to keep in mind. To the extent we can, we have to respect whatever our experience is, that we can be more present. We have a better chance of having knowing the right way. What he ended up doing, I, so then after that, I didn't see him for a couple of months. And then one day, he's back in the group. And what happened was exactly what I thought. He had gotten thrown in the hole, solitary confinement. So I said, well, what happened? And he said, well, he said, I, I wasn't going to stab anybody. And they, but, so what he did was he made, they, they make these homemade knives. They're called shanks. Matter of fact, with my last name, Shankman, I didn't realize it, but I was like, okay, that's like a... <laughs> the name, walk, you know, in the prison. I didn't even know what's a shank. So I learned. It's like, oh, man, I'm Shankman. You know, it's like, so, you know. <laughs> so so uh, they'll take plastic or scraps of metal and they'll, you know, they can get it in a real sharp point. And he's got like a homemade blade. He had a shank. And he was out on the yard where everybody's out there and can see. And it was when he got near the guy that he was supposed to stab, he lunged at the guy purposely, I don't know the details, but purposely stumbled and fell, made it look like he, and and grazed the guy, or just missed or barely grazed him or whatever. And so, he, he did, his gang was satisfied because they knew he tried. He didn't have to stab anybody. And he took it upon himself. This guy was just remarkable because he owned up to his crime that he'd got himself in prison. That doesn't even get into all the societal causes and conditions uh, that may have been, you know, about his race and class. And, you know, there's a whole lot there. But I'm just setting that aside. But he acknowledged, I did my crime. I put myself in here. And he took it on as his karma that he was going to get a couple of months in the hole for trying to do that. And he came out, and, and he was just this amazing practitioner. So to me, I mean, I don't know that all stories end up with a happy ending like that. You know, it kind of had a happy ending. But it, it, I love the story because it shows that something that would never have occurred to me, and, and, it, and it did come to him. He did try to. So, you know, it, it makes me think that at least that's another tool in our toolkit that can help us if we can bring a sense of presence rather than reactivity. So there's all these tools. And then in the end... It really comes down to, we just do the best we can. We're all doing the best we can. And I hope it gladdens, it gladdens my heart when I reflect on it for myself, not in an egotistical way. And I hope it gladdens your heart, too, when you reflect, you know, I am doing the best I can. And by the way, if you don't think you're doing the best you can, 
everybody here, by definition, is doing it. If you could do it better, you would. It's not like, oh, no, I could do better because I, I'm too lazy. Or, no, no. This is what it looks like when you're doing the best you can. And that's not bad news. That's good news. Because it shows your sincere intention. And so hopefully we can not lose, we keep ourselves in our hearts too. Yeah. So anyway, um, thank you for your kind attention. I appreciate that. Well, I went a little longer than I thought, but we still have about 15 minutes. So I, hope, I apologize. Uh, but it, now we can open it up. And uh, if anybody, a question's okay, but comments, anything, share. And if you do, I think the request, isn't the request, oh, so people know there's the mic back there because of the people who are on the web. And we will respect the time and end at 9.15, so we'll do just the best we can. Um, So does anybody uh, want anything? I think people are, how does the, yeah, just one moment, sir. Uh, are people lining, how does it work? Do you go around with the mic? Because pe- he had his hand raised if you're looking for hands that are. Point and we come to whoever you I, I point and choose? Okay. So let's do this fine. So I'll do my best. So go ahead there and then, then we'll come to you and I'll, I'll try my best to kind of spread around. Yes. I was just wondering if there's a place for anger in right action or, or uh, in reflection. Um, sometimes I personally feel that I can't um, enact the things that I need to in my life until I am angry about them. And yet that doesn't seem like the right place from which to make a decision. Yeah. Well, so it's an interesting place. I guess there's two parts to me on that. First of all, you're just asking, is it okay or about anger? Well, you know, to me, of course, I I don't know you, so I have to be careful, but... um, to me, the answer is not, is it okay? It's just look and see what's actually happening. And I don't know that you need to go and in, uh, uh, engender to, to bring up anger necessarily or, or not, but you can just look to see if anger is there. That's what is happening for you. And then how you work with it is all the kind of things we're talking about. We can try to bring some wisdom you know, maybe look under the anger, what's fueling it. You know, there's lots of w- ways, of course, that we could talk about to you know, see maybe there's something underneath that or there's hurt or, you know, it could be it could so many ways to approach it when we just look and see what's actually there. But the starting point always is, I hope, is what's real and true and, and, and not be fake with ourselves. So that's, that's, so it's not a question, is it okay or not? But then it's a whole different piece that I, I just want to name that you said, sometimes you feel that you can't, I don't remember the exact words, about can't get into action until there's anger. So that's an interesting place because many people would not say that. You know, I could just as easily, someone else would say, well, of course I can get into action if I'm not angry. I can just make my judgment. And, you know, so I don't know what's behind that. And you have to decide for yourself, is that a place that you think is kind of a learning area for you or not? It, It may not be. Maybe that's okay, or maybe it's like a place to kind of explore. I, I, I just have to be, I, I can only speak in generalities because I don't know you. So you have to decide for yourself about that. So I, I'm sorry, I can't give a more. Yeah, so thank you. Um, yes, th- yes, thank you. Oh, hi. Um, I guess, can you hear me? All right. 
I'm thinking that the degree to which uh, all of us have been feeling uh, this gut reaction, which has been very painful and wrenching, is a little bit of a spiritual wake-up call because properly it, it should tell us uh, the degree to which we hold uh, these values so dear that are being uh, compromised by this by Trump and it's like whoa compassion tolerance generosity love truth beauty justice I really believe these things it turns out that I do because now they are being threatened and there is an existential component to that too everybody was surprised including me to the extent to which I was in pain uh, you know I turned off the TV set for three days you didn't leave the house this is very real I think something we should uh, take to heart and um, be strong behind it. It tells us the kind of people we are mm -hmm. and the kind of world we want to live in. And it's astonishing that uh, we have to live in a world in which, obviously, this. There is one other thing that we uh, need to uh, let surface, let it genuinely surface for us. And it is a really lovely thing. It's called courage. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, yes. Hi. Thank you so much for your talk and, um, and for sharing what happened for you. And I, probably a lot of us had similar experiences, I would imagine. A number of us did. I've went through a lot of grief and trauma and... Um, and it's reactivated sort of like a 60s activism. And, and I'm appreciating the connections that are happening around people, at least in the Bay Area here. I am left, though, with a residue of fear that's like just kind of um, lost over 50 of my mom's family in the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And I, I know what can happen when a society unravels and we don't know what's going to happen it may not be anything close to that and and it may be work we just we don't know and i'm just wondering if you could speak to some practices around that i keep around trying fear. to keep trying to open to i don't know we don't right. know and but there's a residue there's yeah. a contraction in my central column it's just tight i can yeah, yeah. just feel something's yeah, yeah. really so working in working general, you know, fear is a big one. And so, again, I don't know you, so I'll just say a few general comments. And, you know, it, it, it's hard to be more specific because it's, it's so specific, you know, individual. But first of all, of course, there may be something. Fear can, it can be sort of an irrational fear where there's not really something to be afraid of, but we still have a fear. And then fear can also be pointing to something that really oh, pay attention to this, right? So there can be different flavors. So, you, you know, you have to, that can sometimes not be clear to, to tease out. And sometimes if we're not clear, we have to maybe hang out with that. You know, there's one thing also that, uh, that how do, there's the question of how does fear come into the mix of our experience to inform 
our actions, but there's also, we have to bring in the place of the fear itself is so unpleasant that, that it's hard to, it's just, a, you know, it's, most people don't want to hang out in the fear. So just to name that might be something. But look, what am I going to tell you? You know, you do the best you can and you find the support the best you can. So if there's really something to worry about when it comes to like safety, you know, depending on if you're in a targeted community and, you know, and the homophobia, the Islamophobia, the anti-Semitism, and I I'm, I'm, don't mean to leave anyone out, but, you know, all, everyone else, uh, you know, whatever, there's lots, lots more groups, and I'm not saying that's all, you, you know, uh, you know, that's a real consideration, even though there may not be a real actual someone coming at you in the moment. So you want to be respectful of it. And yes, we don't want to spin out. So you have to find the balance there somehow. And so to me, I think that's a good place of sangha, of getting support. And it may be people in the same targeted or perceived targeted community where they can, they can have a, 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 a solidarity and finding allies uh, and feeling safe and supported by others and really getting the support somehow, whatever that might look like, could be one possible strategy. But, um, you know, look. So work it emotionally and politically as much as internally with practice. Yeah, yeah. And and it may be that sometimes we need to feel um, what's called resourced. There's an empowerment, like sometimes we get engaged in some kind of action, and that can come from an anger and a reactivity, yes, but it also can come from, a, from an inner strength of, you know, I'm not going to be a victim here, and we're, you know, I still need to be wise and careful in how I, what in my world I'm in, and make sure we're taking care of ourselves, but also it's like, no, standing together, uh, and we're going to be empowered here, and, not, and maybe that gives us the strength. So that, but, but, you know, it still goes back to also um, being so respectful that if that's there and, and let it inform you, you know. So um, anyway, so that's what I would say to that. Anyway, I don't know if that's helpful. It's hard to, I don't know. You do the best you can. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yes, please, someone will bring you a microphone. Yeah. And I'm sorry after you, I, 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 we have to end uh, because just, did one more person? I just need to, and because we need to respect the time. Yes, please. So first of all, I really want to thank you for sharing your experience in such an authentic way. That's really helpful. Um, are you in the stage now that you already can think and plan your course of action? And if yes, what do you think your course of action would be? Yes, yeah, so I'm doing... Um, I'm still... It's still a work in progress process for me as it is for many people. I'm doing way better. Like now I've, I still can't get deep in the analysis of the news and everything, but I've gotten to the point where I can peek my head up and like I'll go to something benign like CNN website. I can actually turn it on and just read the headline, you know. Trump, okay, I just saw his name. Wow. I didn't feel like I had to throw up. All right, you know, that's, I'm doing all right. And then it's like Trump names Mad Dog, whatever's name, defense secretary, you know, or, and, and I'm just going, okay. And it's like, you know, so, you know, I'm doing better. <laughs> I, I'm sort of exaggerating and teasing. I'm actually doing pretty well. Um, 
what, you know, I'm, I'm, and what I, I'll tell you what's really helped me. I don't know what the action is going to look like. I, I, it, I can't, we can't say for anyone, and we may not even know for ourselves, for some of us we may be more politically, socially engaged activists. For some, it's, that's not what it looks like. It's just the quality of how we live in our, in our homes or our families or our work life or our neighbors, and we just bring that quality. And, and, and so I don't know what it should look like. I, I don't know the answer of what it looks like, but um, um, I'm not going to put my head in the sand, and I want to stand up and be... Uh, I really appreciated Jack's article, if some of you hadn't seen it. Says, it's, it's called, it's all, Spirit Rock has on the blog, It's Time to Stand Up, and I really appreciate it. It just captures the sentiment I feel a lot. You can just do a web search and find it, or, or uh, if, if you haven't read it, it's very... Uh, I thought it was beautiful. So I don't know the answer. Um, but the one thing I would just add in that um, um, I make a point to do that really helped me, especially in the beginning, is in addition that to can I be with this, in ad- addition to can I keep my heart open, consciously, once you get enough, is, it is looking for the good to help, help me, strengthen me, and, uh, and s- actively noticing the things that can resource me, and that gives me kind of the inner strength, like just noticing, like... Um, like, I noticed uh, an adult carrying a small child. This was, like, on day four. It's like, I, f- I just consciously tried to feel the goodness of it. And it's like, wow, I can feel that. Okay, if I couldn't, you know, that's okay. That's serious business. But, okay, I could feel that. Wow, something good can come in. So, or, and then we start from there and work bigger. Find what supports us. Maybe it's other people, like-minded people. And, you know, like we were talking about, or getting the support. So I'm 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 still working on this stuff, you know. I'm not telling you that, um, um, you know, my mind never goes to hatred. I'm not telling you that, but um, I'm not afraid of it. That's for sure. And I I know what my intention is, and when it comes, um, um, I know I'm going to get to the place of of a loving heart. But uh, you know, this is, it might take some time. Thank you. Um, okay, I apologize. So look, we actually went over, I think, by my clock, one minute. So here's what I'm going to do. To respect the time, I'm going to do a one-minute closing, and I'm timing it. I won't go longer. And I hope for the Spirit Rock folks, sorry, guys, I just went over slightly, but if you need to get up and go now, you're not stuck. Just go ahead and take care of yourself. And if you can stay for the close... Let me invite you, if you're not already doing so, to just bring your attention into your body and check out what's going on in your body. And if you're, we we don't have, we're going to have to move a little fast through this, but you can spend more time on your own. If you're not already doing so, check in with what's going on in your heart and your mind, just your whole experience. And also you may want to notice, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or kind of in between, how are you relating to whatever's happening for you right now? And if there's something challenging or difficult, see if you can bring a sense of allowing or letting be. Just do the best you can. And if there's something for which you're not able to allow or let be, bring some acceptance to that place in you. Bring some allowing and letting be to the place that can't let be. 
That's how it is for you. And if you can't do that, you just do the best you can. May our sincere intentions and aspirations inspire us towards wise and skillful actions. And through our good actions, may we, may we, each of us, may we be a light in the world. May each of us be a force for less suffering for ourselves and others and a force leading to more well-being for ourselves and others. May all beings everywhere be happy. May all beings be peaceful. And may all beings come to an end of suffering. So thanks for, it was nice to practice with you and hang out and thanks for letting me come and be with your sangha tonight. It It was good for me, supportive for my own practice.